Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Overcoming Life podcast. I'm your host, Nashawn Garrett, and I'm so glad to be with you guys this morning. This will be the first time I actually post um, anything up on Twitter, but most of you guys actually know me from uh, the the TikTok scene. And so uh, for those of you guys who are joining me from TikTok or if you're joining me from somewhere else, much, very much appreciated. And um, basically, we want to get right into this thing. And we are going to be talking about the feasts of the Lord. Now, this is something that many people uh, have not studied. There are many people have not understood. We don't really find the necessity to study the law and the prophets and the Psalms. We kind of are a... We kind of just want to take what makes us feel good, what's going to make other people feel good, what's going to encourage them in their daily life. But we have to have a thorough study of the scriptures. Um, and a thir- thorough study of the scriptures will not only help us understand the context of the apostles and um, and even the words of Jesus himself, but also it will see how everything is connected and tied together, intimately woven, intimately, a seamless garment. Everything is connected together. And so um, before we begin, um, I'll just say a little prayer. Father, thank you so much for every single person who's listening to this podcast. We ask that you would bring an understanding of your truth, bring a revelation of your word. Give us the foundation and the context by which we can interpret your scriptures rightly, interpret your word rightly, the way that you want it to be understood and seen Father, to know you is eternal life, and to know Jesus is to have um, eternal life, age-abiding life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. So we got to start with these uh, three different feasts, Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles. These are the main feasts of the Lord, and we see this in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 4. I know Leviticus is not your favorite book yet, but I hope that as you continue to listen, as we continue to grow together, that you start to see the prophetic and spiritual understanding, the symbolic, the typology that is found in the book of the law, uh, the book of Leviticus. And you'll find that there is so much amazing and rich um, understanding an application of this scripture under the new te- under the new covenant, under the old covenant, I could see how people would see see how it's kind of dead and dry and boring, and there are the Jews who still practice uh, certain certain things of the Book of Leviticus. Well, that is uh, that is not what we're talking about. We are talking about uh, specifically. We're talking about how these feasts are fulfilled, um, how they apply to our lives as new covenant believers in Jesus. So Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles, um, they were given to all the people, Israelites and foreigners. And the Israelites and the foreigners were to keep the feasts in commemoration of certain historical events. So they're not Jewish feasts. We have to get this out of our minds that, oh, that's only for the Jews or that's only for them. They only do that. 
It's not a Jewish feast unless you observe it in a Jewish or an Old Covenant manner. These feasts are from God. They're the feasts of God, and they're given to all men, not just only some. And also, we see um, the manner in which we are to observe the feasts has changed with the coming uh, in the first coming of, of Jesus under the new covenant. So the changes that he made by his blood on the cross and his resurrection it didn't violate the law. It didn't do away with uh, these feasts. Um, in fact, the law allowed for changes. S and it set forth what it was called a temporary, what you have in the Old Covenant is a temporary way of keeping the feast. It was just temporary. It was passing away. It was fading away. But at the same time, uh, it left room for a change under the New Covenant. And we see this in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 12. For the priesthood being changed, right? Jesus is now our high priest. And because we have a new high priest, there is also made of necessity a change of the law. So the law hasn't been done away with, guys. The law has just changed forms. The way in which we fulfill this, the law, which includes the feasts, has changed under the new covenant. And this is very important for us to understand. And so the key to understanding how to keep the feasts for Christians is to understand that the law specifies location and where these feasts are to be celebrated, we have to know where the location is. And this law is found in Deuteronomy chapter 16. So when speaking of the Feast of Passover, Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 2 says, And you shall sacrifice the Passover of the Lord, excuse me, to the Lord your God from the flock and the herd in the place where the Lord chooses to establish his name. The same terminology is referred to other feasts. For example, about the Feast of Pentecost, which is the second main feast. We read in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 11, And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God in the place where the Lord chooses to establish his name about the Feast of Tabernacles we see the same language in the place where the Lord chooses and we see this in Deuteronomy chapter 16 verse 15 so the law is very clear on this subject and I think it's very important too I just want to I want to make it clear that even Paul when he is speaking in all of his writings, we love the writings of Paul, um, but we cannot understand the writings of Paul unless we understand um, his interpretation and what he is pulling from. Paul did not pull his doctrine, his understanding, and his interpretation from out of thin air. No, he pulled it, guys, from the law. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He understood the law inwards and outwards, backwards and forwards, and he was zealous for it. But his understanding of the law was suppressed by an old covenant understanding. But when he had a revelation of Jesus, his eyes were open to a new covenant understanding of the law. And so he says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, that we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. 
And the only way to use the law lawfully is now to understand it within the terms, the legal terms of the old, of, excuse me, of the new covenant. So we have to understand the law in the legal terms of the new covenant, which is, which is changed by the blood of Jesus, which is really, really fulfilled by the blood of Jesus, but the whole law has not yet been fulfilled because Jesus hasn't returned again in his second coming, right? So the law and the prophets prophesy of his second coming. So um, he says, not an iota, not a dot will be will pass away until all things have been fulfilled, right? And so until all things are fulfilled as spoken by the law and the prophets, it is not done away with, guys. There is a teaching and there, there are teachers out there who profess to know God and to profess to be teachers of the law and to have understanding of the scriptures, but they say that the law has been done away with and it is a hindrance to their understanding of the scriptures. And it's a hindrance to young Christians. It's a hindrance to believers everywhere to, uh, to reject, to omit, to put aside the law because you think that it has been completely fulfilled. No, what Jesus did when he came to earth was he fulfilled many portions of the law and many portions of the prophets. And when he died on the cross, he fulfilled what is called the sacrificial law. He did away with the fact that they no longer have to kill to atone for their sins. He himself was the ultimate sacrifice. Okay? But in fulfilling that law, it, he didn't fulfill the whole of the law in his first coming. Because otherwise, uh, he wouldn't have had to, needed to come again, which is what the law and the prophets testify to. So the law and the prophets testify to the fact that he will come again, and until he comes again, uh, the law has not been fully fulfilled. Whereas, um, when he did die on the cross, he and he did resurrect, he did fulfill the sacrificial law and uh, the wave sheaf offering, which we will get into in a little bit more detail at some point in time. But back to the feast of the Lord. Okay, so we're talking about the place where the Lord chooses, and the law is very clear on this subject. And the only reason I went off on that tangent is so that you understand for yourself. If you don't take it, if you take one thing from this whole teaching, it has to be this. The law is good. Do not reject the law just because you do not understand it or because you think it does not apply to you. OK, it, it is very good. And if you reject it, then you essentially become what Jesus calls lawless. OK, and he says Depart from me, you who work lawlessness. So let's not have a heart that is against the divine law of God, but let's have a heart that seeks to understand his law. And that is exactly what this whole teaching is about. So the only question or the question that we're left with right now is, where has God chosen to place his name? Where has he chosen to establish his name? So in order to understand this, we have to go a little bit back in history. So God first placed his name in a place called Shiloh. And in Shiloh, it's a town in the tribal territory of Ephraim. And his name remained there for about 350 years. But the priests in Shiloh became corrupted. And God abandoned that location 
And then he moved his name to Jerusalem. And he moved it on the border between Ju Judah and Benjamin. So if men had continued to go to Shiloh to try to keep the feasts under the Old Covenant, um, after his presence, the presence of God, and his name had departed from there, they would have been in violation of the law. Why? Because we are to keep, they were to keep under the Old Covenant. They had to keep the law wherever and keep the feast wherever the Lord had placed his name, wherever God chose to place his name. So it doesn't have anything to do with where I choose to keep his name. It has to do with where God has chosen to establish his name, and that is how we keep the feasts. And that is how you kept the feast under the Old Covenant, and it is the same with how we keep the feast under the New Covenant. So, God's name was no longer at Shiloh, so going there, wouldn't they would have been in violation of the law. So, God and his name and his presence remained in Jerusalem for 350 years until the priests there became corrupted. So, the prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 10 verse 18 and 11 verse 23 saw the glory of God or his name or his presence depart from Jerusalem because of the corruption that was there. And after the king of Babylon conquered Jerusalem and took the holy vessels to Babylon and eventually he destroyed the temple altogether, the glory of God never returned back to the to Jerusalem. It never returned back to the temple, not even when the people who were in Babylon in captivity for 70 years, came back to Jerusalem and built a second temple. The glory hadn't fully departed yet. It didn't leave completely, but it never returned back into the temple. Um, and remember, uh, there was a couple times when the fire of the Lord, the first time uh, the people had made that, that right sacrifice with Moses, uh, the fire of the Lord came down and consumed the sacrifice and it was pleasing and the people fell down in awe and then um when S in solomon's temple the the glory of the lord came and filled that temple in jerusalem it was amazing but in the second temple the glory of the lord never came in that same way so um while the glory of the lord hadn't fully departed even though the people were corrupt uh, the prophet only saw it go as far as the Mount of Olives on the east side of Jerusalem. And if you want to read about this, check out Ezekiel chapter 10, chapter 10, verse 11, chapter 10, verse 18, excuse me, and chapter 11, verse 23. And you'll see that it only went as far, the glory went as far as Jerusalem. And Ezekiel had this prophetic vision of the glory leaving to the edge of uh, the east side of Jerusalem. 600 years later, when Christ was crucified there on the Mount Olives, on the third, uh, he rose again on the third day. And 40 days later, he ascended. And he, Jesus, then took the glory of God, his name, his glory, his presence. He took that glory with him back to heaven. And then 10 days after he ascended into heaven, he sent the glory back to earth. And when he sent the glory back to earth, that's when the Holy Spirit came upon the 120 disciples in the upper room on the day of the Feast of Pentecost. And that was um, that's seen in Acts chapter two, verse one. And this is the point where God began to reside in a new temple made of living stones, as we see. And we see this language in first Peter, chapter two, verse five. 
and it was built upon a sure foundation of Christ and the apostles, as we see in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20 through 22. We also read, guys, in Revelation chapter 22, verse 4, that his name, his name, his presence shall be on their forehead. Remember, in order to fulfill this law, the three, in order to fulfill this law and to keep the feast, you have to do it where the Lord chooses to put his name. So we see on the day of Pentecost, the place where the Lord chooses to establish his name was the new temple of the human body of our own bodies. And we see this language in First Corinthians chapter three, verse 16. And so as believers, guys, to wrap this up, uh, this first part up, we have a new way to observe Passover. There is a new and living way to observe Pentecost, and there is a new and living way to observe Tabernacles. We don't have to go to Jerusalem. We don't have to go to Shiloh. Um, in fact, God chose uh, to establish his name in the hearts and in the minds and on the bodies um, our bodies are the temple, and he chose to establish his name in and on us. And it is on and in our bodies. This is where we keep the feasts. So in our next episode, we're going to be talking about how to keep those feasts and see uh, each way to observe Passover and to have its fulfillment inside of us on an individual level. Blessings to you guys for listening. Hope this makes sense. Uh, we will see you on our next episode tomorrow.